0: It's, uh, it's the truth, don't it? Yes. Yeah. If it wasn't for that 22 months, man, I don't think I could have survived. It, it really got me through a very difficult time. The meetings in And
1: came, AA. When you came back in, then you were what, 27? 20, 26. Yeah. 26. That's
0: January 10th. Yep. Right. And I literally, I lived next door to the church where my home group was. So I literally okay, walked across Can tell us that story. Driveway. Yeah, I walked across the driveway. The oh, yeah, okay. Um, uh,
1: a favor, I'm going to mute now.
0: <laughs> okay, my brother, um, my brother ran a cleaning company. And when I was growing up, you know, I was getting in all this trouble, so I had all these legal fines. And so my mom forced me to work for him. And I, I had to clean this factory at night, and uh, and I would, you know, I was still partying on the weekends, and I'd go in there drunk at midnight, and I just had to sweep them off the floors and you know clean the bathrooms and stuff. And it wasn't like anything I couldn't do under the influence, but, you know. There were times I went in there and I was too drunk to do it, so it caused us a lot of problems. And, uh, so years later, um, he had this cleaning contract with churches in, in, in the Cleveland area. And, uh, this guy was on vacation. So he sent me over there to fill in for this guy. And basically all I had to do was hang around in case anything happened. You know, cause it was a school full of kids and they gave school lunches. So I would clean up the cafeteria after the kids ate and then, uh, just goof around basically all day. I didn't really do much. And, uh, but they closed and they would give me lunch every day. So I got to eat the school lunches and, uh, they closed one day for a holiday, but I still had to go. And, uh, I went across the street to this diner, and uh, for lunch. And the lady said, "Do you want the newspaper while you're waiting?" And I was like, "Sure." So I'm, um, you know, waiting for breakfast, and I'm looking through the lawn ads. And here's this job of this church. They were hiring somebody to do basically what I did there, just maintenance and uh, security. And so I, I, call them up, you know, and I'm working for my brother, and I'm thinking, you know, if I work straight for the church and eliminate my brother, the middleman. I'll make more money. So I called this lady up on the phone at the church, and I said, I'm calling about the ad in the paper. And she said, yeah, you just have to um, submit a resume, and uh, we'll consider you for the job. And I said, well, I don't, I don't want the job. I just want to know how much you pay it pays. And she's like, we're not giving out salary information over the phone. You have to fill out a resume, and if you're accepted, then we'll call you in for an interview. And I was like, look, I don't want the job. I'm not going to fill out a resume. I just want to know how much it pays because I'm working for my brother at a church and I want to know how much more money I'd make working directly for a church. And she says, look, I'm not going to tell you how much they pay. You have to put in a resume. And I was like, hey, right. so I get out this yellow legal pad and a pencil and I write out the ugliest resume in the world. I mean, it was printed with a pencil and uh, and they called me in for an interview. And I got the job. They hooked, And there was like 12 parishioners that were part of the church that wanted that job. And they brought me in from outside and hired me over all these people. And uh, and I didn't even want it, you know, until I got there to bring it because I delivered the resume. Or no, I mailed it in. And then when I went to get the interview, I walked into the church and all the lights were off. And they had these beautiful stained glass windows. And the sun was coming through the stained glass windows. And it just felt like it. Was, that's where I was supposed to be. It was such a cool feeling going into that church with the sun coming through the stained glass windows. I'll never forget it. And, uh, yeah, they hired me, and I was there for 10 years. I would have stayed forever, but I got divorced. And, uh, but they gave me the house right next door to the church. So I lived there, and I walked my kids across the street to school as they were growing up. And, and I cut the grass and shoveled the snow. and It, it was just a really, I really enjoyed that job. And that, that's where I was drinking at the end, you know, I was drinking around the clock while I was working at the church and growing pot in the basement. And uh, then I got another, then my wife called the police on me and I got arrested again. I got a DUI and a bicycle and uh, they took my driver's license away, which I didn't think they could do because I was on a bicycle, know, uh, but they did. And that's how I got sober again. They sent me back to meetings. And that was the last place I wanted to go, man. I was drinking round the clock. I was physically addicted to alcohol. I had basically stopped eating it and I was just burning alcohol. That was like my sustenance. And uh, and I didn't want to go back to AA. I didn't want to quit drinking. But they sent me back to meetings and I, and you guys saved me again, AA saved me. And, uh, that's how I got sober, yeah. But it, that awesome. just shows, it just shows me that disease, this disease, you know, like when I get was sober a while, I look back over that time, I was sober the first time and it was the best time of my life. You know, I had so much fun with my sober friends and everything was really good. And, uh, but once I start drinking, I don't think that way. My thinking changes completely and staying, getting sober, or staying sober is the last thing I think about, last thing I even consider I'm going to drink until I get caught you know and that, that's what you know it's like all those years I drank and the drugs it's like I knew I was going to get caught again eventually the, the trip was going to stop you know? and that's just a feeling I had every day I was like someday this is going to end you know but I was going to do it until the end what
1: was the first um year or two, like, without it?
0: A few months, days? No, I remember six days. That was a big fucking deal. And it's like, I, I just couldn't believe that I'd made it six days. I didn't think I was ever going to be able to do that again. Six days was, like, this huge accomplishment. After that, it's like I got that feeling, like, you know what, this is actually nice-looking work. I might be able to get out of this whole Because it really felt like, you know, I just destroyed everything. And there was no coming back from that. And then after that, it was pretty easy, you know, once I got through the, you know, I used, I tapered off the booze on my own. You know, I just drank one beer less a day or, you know, I'd go one beer an hour and then one beer every two hours. And that took, you know, probably two months to get completely off. But I was smoking weed. I had all this weed that I'd grown. And, uh, so I smoked weed every day to help get off the drinking. And then eventually I wanted to get completely sober and I knew I couldn't be sober if I smoked weed. It just doesn't work for me for some reason. I, just, I don't feel sober. I feel like I'm breaking the rules of AA. And, um, so I had to get rid of it. You know, I had this quarter ounce of bud in my basement, and I couldn't leave it alone. If it was in my house, I was going to smoke it. So I finally just flushed that down the toilet, and that, that was, you know, January 9th. So January 10th was my first completely clean day.
1: How do you feel about others smoking? When you said it's not for you, do you, you don't see that as sober, or it should be your choice? What well, you see as
0: sobriety? From what I understand, there's different kinds of weed that give you different kinds of buzzes. So if there's like a physical, like painkiller, or I don't, I don't really even know what, like glaucoma. I guess they use it for. Um, mm. So yeah, if it's if it's like like a medicine, you know, I, people need to do it. And I don't think they should be like kicked out of AA or anything, you know? Mm-hmm. But I, I know the weed I was smoking kept me from being in reality. It was, everything was artificial. I was, I was, it was definitely an altered state. You know, I wasn't sober. I wasn't, you know, Hundred percent present. There was a there was like a barrier between me and the outside world. I guess is the best way to describe it.
1: You know. So I've got a buddy that smokes because he's got Parkinson's. Yeah. I wrote a few joints for him because his hands are always shaking. But I can't stay that long, like in the room with him. Oh
0: yeah. Other days I can.
1: other days, I can stay the whole day and he could be smoking away. You know, it's just mental. Yeah. Like, uh, well, I've been like around and I've
0: yeah,
1: dated. Say, and then bang, the next day, then it's just like, okay, you, you have five of them. Let that get you through two days, a day and a half, maybe. Who knows? But I just can't right now. Then there's other days, lad, where I could fucking, you know, stay there all the day with them.
0: Yeah. And I've, I've lived with girls that drank and did drugs you know, smoke weed. And, uh, it didn't bother me. It's like I could kiss them and taste the alcohol on her breath or the mouth, and it didn't. It wasn't like the problem has been removed from me. It's it's really like that.
1: You never did the non-alcoholic beer, did you?
0: I did once one night. Um, it was when I was at the church. I was newly sober, maybe six months, maybe a year, and uh, we all went out to dinner. And it, like when you work for the church. It's like all these really educated, sophisticated people, Mm. you know? And one of them was was moving away. So we threw a going away party. So we went out to this really fancy restaurant and and that's, you know, totally not me. You know, I'm like a blue collar. I've never owned a suit, you know, kind of person. And uh, so we were toasting her and I had a non-alcoholic beer. And, um, but I still felt... It's like i could feel it i could still feel the alcohol in it it was like 0.005 or something you know i mean it's like mm. barely registered but i felt it you know so i never did it again and i've known people in AA that start drinking those and eventually they took up the drinking again no. if they continue to do it know, some people have tried it and stopped it yeah you know, it started getting it started getting too familiar, or it was, it was, you know, leading them. They started getting urges to drink real beer, so they just stopped it. Other people are just, they're gone. I have a friend that's still drinking because of that.
1: I've got a buddy who tells me they're not addictive, and then I said it to another buddy, and she was like, I seen him pushing a trolley load of stuff the other day, and I can get fucked. Stay away from me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, no, no messing. Like, him. he'll just be like, ah, it's just barley water,
0: you know? Fuck it. Right. You
1: know, he just likes to taste. So we all like that yeah. fucking taste.
0: I fucking never liked to taste of beer. I never liked to taste of liquor. I drank it because it did. I liked the way it affected me, you know?
1: I liked it all, man. I liked the taste. I liked the middle of slurring me words, that fucking getting more of it, having it, like having the- two or three drinks to try. Trying the new ones. A few glasses handy.
0: I did like the feel of a beer bottle in my hand, though. Right. Just like when I've had a, had a bottle of soda or pop, you know. And it just mm. it just goes right back. To, it's like I never stopped doing it. You know, I, I could feel that bottle in my hand, and it's like I've been doing it my whole life. And there's just something so familiar about there that it, about that that it, it makes me a little uncomfortable.
1: And I just then with Zoom. Um, you were mentioning earlier with your fucking um the, the brain tumor or the aneurysm, sorry.
0: Yeah.
1: Do you wish you had that back then? How long ago was the aneurysm? Three, four years ago? Two thousand eight. So it, twelve thirteen now. Yeah. Wow. Well. Uh, you were in the hospital then for how long?
0: Um, like two weeks, I think. Maybe less. Then I went home and then um, I had to go back and get it all changed out because I had the staff infection that I got in the hospital. Shit. Yeah, so it was about four months then I was down before I could go back to work. But I went to meetings then, you know. As soon as I got out of the hospital, I went to meetings they gave me some really good drugs in there and I was afraid I was going to pick up. So I went right to to meetings, even though, you know, I was embarrassed because I had this big fucking scar on my head and all these staples sticking out. You know, so I wasn't like socially comfortable, but I didn't care. I knew I I needed meetings and it didn't matter how I felt about it. I had to go. you know, Mm. because I I do, I have a big respect for the illness that I have It's not something I play with.
1: What's them um do you have a slogan you like or are you least like?
0: Uh, go to a meeting every day till you feel better.
1: That's a nice one.
0: Yeah, but that was before Zoom. You know? I you could say go to a meeting all day every day, you know. Mm. That's pretty much we have that available right now. That's incredible, isn't it? Five a day. Yeah, so you could do 35 minutes a week if you really wanted to. Yeah. It's mentally, huh? yeah. Yeah, I, I, I do. Yeah, I get burned out if I go to too many. to
1: you miss, yeah, though, the. Cool. the the physicalness of it all or whatever like the being in the room and oh, you know like the laughter really miss, the you can't hear yeah, laughter really, on zoom and shit
0: i really miss uh smoking cigarettes perfume. before it coffee you no know, smelling girl yeah. yeah that really i really miss that just uh it's, but that's just i mean that has really nothing to do with aa i just miss <laughs> I miss being yeah, around get, girls, you know it's you know in isolation it's inviting yeah
1: That would get you right soon, but it'd be grand. it you, will get your hold yeah, no,
0: It's like um, I was driving like right when after the Zoom started and I was going to Zoom a lot. I was driving to my face-to-face meeting. They had opened it back up and I was like, you know, the people at my Zoom meeting know me better than any of the people at the face-to-face meeting. Why is that? It's just because we spent so much more time together and we're in each other's houses and we know you know, it's like I know your mother and father, you got, you know, my dogs You know my kids, you know, people mm. in Zoom have never seen my dog or people face-to-face have never seen my dog or, you know, they've never met my kids. So it, it's it, not going away, is it? No. Well, both of my big meetings have paid up for over a year, but so we're going to continue this no matter what. Hmm. You know, from what I hear, it's gonna be, you know, six more months like this. As far as the
1: lockdown goes, you think it, you know. What did you know about Ireland before
0: Zoom? Well, my sister had been there. My uh, brother in law is Irish. You know, all Irish history. Irish or American Irish? Irish Irish yeah well he's oh, American right. Irish but yeah his last name's Draper oh I think he was like, mentioned that name that's class yeah. yeah like Don Draper from Mad Men
1: but you're the Mad Men
0: right nice yeah he's a really good guy man um, yeah so I know she'd been there and you know what I grew up with in a limited education we get here in America about history of the world But I've always been drawn to like Irish and English, British movies Mm -hmm. and cinema and music. I've just always, I've always loved the accent. I've always loved the, um, just hearing something different. Like Ohio is such a, we all talk like monotone, dry, flat. You guys have almost like a melody to how you talk. That's cool. I've always, you know, I've always been attracted to British girls and you know, girls that talk different,
1: you know? Yeah, yeah an accent is nice. Too much of the English accent, oh boy. Oh boy. Not too much of any accent. It's nice diversity, you know? That's how yeah, I met Annie I, in the sense. Like I was listening and, and to all does, the Canadians
0: and the Americans. Where does that come from, you know? But it's not like French people, I don't like to hear them talk. Or you know, and I, and I, <laughs> and I, da- I dated a girl from Puerto Rico, and I love Spanish girls. Um, but as far as, I mean, where did my draw to the Irish, English influence come from? Why was that so appealing to me? Is that something in my hereditary, that's passed down through the genes? You know. Mm. But it's like anything else. You know, why do you like? Why do you like this car rather than that car, or why do you like this girl rather than that girl? You know, where do those things come from? Is that genetic? That's it's, good question. I, it's like raising dogs. I've raised a lot of dogs over my life, and just seeing them, it's like they automatically know what to do without being trained. You know, where does that information come from? You know, and I. There's got to be something into that genetic memory and genetic storage. You know, things being passed from generation to generation through the genes. Um, You know, prior to these, you know, the technical, technological discoveries they've made, you know, I was prone to think about past life. You know, like that we've been reincarnated because, you know, it's like a lot of things in my life I've done for the very first time, and they felt totally natural, like I've been doing it all my life. It's like I have these aptitudes and things things that other people don't understand make total sense to me the first time I see it. You know, where does that come from? Hmm.
1: That's mental, right? Maybe you're a fan of Maureen O'Hara or something growing up.
0: No, I love like or... Monty Python, Benny Hill. I love that whole culture, man. I just loved it. That could have been just because the people I grew up with were just so fucking boring, you know? (laughs) Just flat, you know, monotone, blah, 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 you know? You guys have so much color and flair and personality. You know? Diversity is good, man. Yeah.
1: I mean, this, what's one of the funniest things you've heard in the rooms, be it on Zoom or in real life? Oh, I meant to mention that we're on about Ireland. Like a few months ago, whatever you knew about it, Now a few months later, like you're, you're you're hosting a meeting in Ireland, yeah, which is like incredible, you know?
0: Yeah. And
1: we got a British and a Canadian girl fucking d- doing another one in Ireland. Yeah. I heard an Australian man is like hosting a, like a Los Angeles one that oh, it's fucking enough
0: well so much the about is. Um, so much about the things that you find funny is because of like the situation you're in it's like I heard this girl mm. lead a meeting it was this really conservative Irish Catholic A meeting and she got up there and she was working construction and she was talking about when she was drinking and she peed in her hard hat and I fucking busted out laughing and nobody else That's in the funny. room thought it was funny I thought it was fucking hysterical, you know. I could just see her squatting over this fucking hard hat, you know, holding onto the truck, you know, with her pants around her knees. I could. It was just so. It was so funny to me. But I've heard a million yeah. funny, funny stories. Like one of my first sponsors, you know, when I was a teenager, he was in his 40s, and this guy could tell the best stories. I mean, you guys have those big plow trucks over there when it snows. They have. They're like big dump trucks with a big oh. blade on the front. And they, they're full of salt and they spread the salt right. on the roads. Well, these things are fun, they're like a million dollars. And this guy worked for the city. <laughs> and and his job was to drive around and follow these streets. And he got a brand new truck. And he got he was drinking while he's working and he rolled it over the railroad tracks. And I just thought that was and he told the story, it was so funny. You know, it's just the way people tell stories. Um, like your guys the other day, man, the, the Irish guys that were speaking at the meeting in Tushnua. I mean, they were hysterical. Yeah, yeah. The guy, what do you say, his socks disintegrated? Yeah, you know, I, I thought decompose that.
1: Decompose on my feet.
0: Yeah, yeah his socks decomposed. <laughs> I was laughing my ass off. And then, then that guy, he's outside the uh, insane asylum, smoking. They had a meeting and the guy comes out and it's like, okay, all you guys come back in, all you inmates. And he's like, I'm not one of these people. And he's like, I hear that fucking story every day. Get your ass in here. And it would, it's just those situations are so funny. But I, I, you know, it's like I really get into stories. I really get into movies. I can, I really get into books. It's like I lose touch with reality. And I'm right there in the moment of whatever I'm reading or whatever I'm watching. I just really get into it. and So it's like when, when I hear somebody tell a story, if they're a halfway decent storyteller I am right there in the minute with them and I just I find everything fucking hysterical you know mm. it's like like you and your dad and I can't That's last one. five minutes with you and your dad together without laughing you know
1: I told you that one the other day didn't he? about what's the difference between an Englishman and his photograph yeah the photograph is fully developed
0: right yeah he was wound up, man. Yeah, good old Peter. It's like I went to my first CA meeting on Zoom. And I had always thought CA was strictly for people that did cocaine. And I went to this meeting. They're like, CA is not a drug-specific meeting. So if you have a problem with alcohol or any other drug, you're welcome here. And I thought that was really cool, you know, because that, that was a big thing when I got sober, was not to talk about drugs and a day, you know. And I I did a lot of drugs. I, you know, the first time I heard somebody talk about sniffing glue in AA, I I felt like I finally fucking fit in, you know? So that's been really cool. It's like we broke, we broke through all those barriers. You know, We started that mental health meeting. So we're talking about having mental illness at an AA meeting where back in the day, we weren't allowed to talk about outside issues here, you know? Like, don't talk about being on medication. You shouldn't be on any kind of medication. The 12 steps is enough. You know, just fucking turn it over and pray to God, everything will be all right. And, you know, how many times have we heard that at these fucking Zoom meetings that people have been 15 years sobriety, and still depressed, still wanting to shoot themselves? And that all it was was they had some mental illness that wasn't being treated because they said, don't fuck with any of that. Just do the steps harder. You know?
1: I don't want to steps, group all of AA right?
0: into that. You know, it was just What were you saying the other
1: day, where it's uh, you didn't mention God in your share or something you were telling me?
0: Oh yeah, yeah. I would get done speaking oh,
1: about a load of like, shit.
0: Right? Yeah. Oh, great. Was that was a great story, but you didn't mention God at all. Well, there's a reason for that. I don't. I wasn't really aware of it at the time. It just wasn't that important to me. i have just always been real big on AA, and I just love AA. The people that are in it. The, 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 stories i've heard the people i've met it's just made my life so rich
1: there's nothing to change about it though because with zoom well, A, it seems to be anything goes and now with ipan anything really fucking
0: goes <laughs> you know I, I, you know i'm looking forward to the future you know what where else can we go with this you know what i mean
1: mm. We were at a 50th fucking anniversary the other day in Bostonshire. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm in Ireland. You're in fucking Ohio. Bang. We were there.
0: Well, really, I mean, like when the internet first started, this is what they were expecting. You know, worldwide information exchange. You know, us exchanging information with other countries, with other people. And that really never happened. That not in this sense, you know, where we're all talking together and sharing our experience with AA, you
1: know? You actually did a fucking, an online meeting years ago, you were saying before as well.
0: Yeah, that was when it was dial-up, And uh, there was no video screen. There was, you couldn't talk. It was all on the computer screen. So you basically typed out. Fantastic, the
1: though. Was the shit, though, yeah, at the time.
0: It it worked, man. You know, I was talking yeah. to people in Florida when I was in Ohio. You know, that was the beginning. Amazing. Yeah,
1: it's like if you show kids pong or whatever now, that fucking tennis game. It's like just the biggest load of shit right. ever. But that was that. fucking yeah. how it started, you know.
0: I'll never forget. My son got in my car. I got I bought this old Porsche when I was in Florida, and it had one of those clocks in the dash you know, with the hands of a clock, like the old clocks that hang on the wall. And my son got in the car and he's like, and my son got in the car and he's like, dad, what is that? And I was like, that's a clock. And he grew up in the digital age. So they didn't have fucking hand clocks on hands, you know, hands on the clock, whatever. And he didn't, he didn't recognize one. That's crazy. My granddaughter, I took her to, I was, I was looking for Jeeps and we got into this Jeep and it had the window crank on it. It had manual windows. And she's like, Papa, what's that for? I I said, that's a deal breaker, honey. We're not buying this Jeep. (laughs) (laughs) Deal breaker.
1: Because there was nothing worse
0: when you were driving and it was hot and you had to reach across the seat and roll down the passenger window Mm. from the driver's seat because you were sweating your ass off.
1: Tell me this. What's the first thing you're doing after the pandemic is over? or
0: What are you, where are you going? Um, what are you doing? What's the. Well, I, I guess it's, um, you know, I'm not working now and I have money saved. So I'll be able to last for a long time to wait without working. So depending on how all that finances turn out, I don't know if I'll ever get another job again, you know? Beautiful. And uh, you know the, and then, you know depending on my kids what they want to do. you know if they want to stay here in Ohio my, I mean my son went to Hawaii now he wants to move to Hawaii. Uh, you know I have a daughter in Florida, so that's always an option. Granddaughter in Florida. Um, so you know ideally I would like to get like a motor home and just uh, travel. Beautiful. But I'm also a big fan of leaving the country. And I definitely want to go to Greece. I mean, if New Zealand wasn't so fucking expensive, that would definitely be on the list. Um, But yeah, definitely some travel. Definitely a lot of family time. A lot of family dinners. You know, I'm sure I'll get to some face-to-face meetings and, you know, start dating another sober girl again.
1: (laughs) Nice. If you had three wishes, yeah from a genie, what would that be?
0: Um, I would definitely like to go back in time, knowing what I know. Should load a tobacco. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, no, I would definitely like to go back in time, knowing what I know. If I nice. don't like, yeah, I wouldn't want to lose my kids, though. You know what I mean? Like, if my kids disappeared, I don't think I would make that wish if they could if I could somehow, I guess that wouldn't work. Huh? No, no, so I guess I wouldn't, I guess I wouldn't go back in time. I, w- I would love to be like healthy and young again and keep everything the same. That would be cool. That would be a good wish. Um, I would love the financial freedom to where I'd never have to worry about it money again, so I could like spoil everybody I knew and, provide a place for all of us to hang out and have fun
1: and finally what advice would you have for anyone listening to this or just in general if you meet them in the street anything at all Um,
0: don't live paycheck to paycheck don't live beyond your means Um, only spend what you can afford to spend and keep a well, they call it a prudent reserve at the meetings, but I call it a cushion. So, like, if you can get a couple grand extra, life is a lot better when you're not worried about money. Um, and you can save money and buy the shit you want. You don't have to put it on credit and you know get get in that whole problem. Um, but if you can, that's great too. You know, like if you can handle credit cards and you can make the payments on time. Um, that's a great, I mean, that's really the future because we, one thing we learned through this whole pandemic is money is not going to be around forever. As far as spreading germs and all that, cash money is very dangerous for that aspect. It's even dirtier in Europe, lad. So you could be
1: a German man in Ireland using Spanish and French coins. Right. You know what I mean, uh, Yeah. It's
0: good advice. Um, Yeah, that's harsher. Leave it there. Spoil your, spoil your babies. Your babies turn into humans before you know it. So anytime you can hold that baby, uh, hold that baby, love that baby, because they get big before you know it. It happens in a a fucking blink of an eye. That phrase is so true. Good advice,
1: sir. Chin-ay. All right, thanks, man. That was awesome, Frank. Thank you, buddy. Stop <laughs> uh, wherever the fuck that button is. Do you want to badmouth anyone before I disconnect? I think we did a good oh, no. job, and I we did a yeah, really good yeah. job. I, I insulted most of England, but
0: fuck them. And stop. Yeah. <laughs> well, you guys got history, you know.